This week, we begin in Fort Worth, where a mother and her infant son are murdered, and a lucky traffic stop in Colorado leads investigators to their killer. Then, we travel to Jefferson, where a 19th century era murder proves that rich white dudes have been getting away with shit for way too long. Welcome to episode 47 of Texas 1031. weird though like the stuff you do like i don't know the in the sketchy situations that you feel are sketchy the things you like today i'm literally like taking a fedex package to this fedex thing in walgreens and everyone's just fucking off doing whatever and i clearly see this kid like stealing stuff <laughs> putting it in his shorts in his pants he literally flips off the camera when he leaves and i'm like did no one else see that like i could have totally like let you guys arrest this kid um, excuse me i'm gonna make the, the best worst police officer ever <laughs> I wrote it down this time. Yay! <laughs> hey everyone, this is Cassie and Hannah. This is Texas 1031, and this is a Texas true crime podcast. Mm. That was awful. <laughs> I liked it. Um, you want to talk about your haunted house? Yeah, I was telling Hannah before we start recording. She made me shut up and wait until we were recording. So it sounded interesting. We just moved into a house, as we told you all the last episode, and we haven't staged it yet. Which you know, like I'm not sure if I truly believe in that. But I feel like it would make I me feel better. I have sage bundles in my room. I'll give them to you. I have a sage kit. I have a smudge kit that I bought. From where? Home um, Depot? No, this place called Attic Salt in the Galleria. Oh. It's like this weird hippie gift shop thing. You at least could have gone to the Magic Cauldron. That place is super fun. Yeah, but I was already there. Okay. <laughs> I just kind of picked it up. I was like, oh, I should get this. And I haven't used it yet. We spent $50 on an herb. It's 12 oh. So that was okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you haven't saged the house. I haven't saged the house, and I haven't really been thinking about it, but well, we also just moved. We've been stressed. We haven't had, like, a full day at the house together to get things ready or situated so this is a, definitely a factor but Brennan and I are also weirdly on each other's case a lot lately like there's just a weird vibe in the house that has never existed in the three and a half years we've been together never been like this and he came to me the other night and said that he thinks our house is haunted and I get a weird vibe every so often mostly when I'm showering Mostly because the light above the shower that I have on will just turn off. And then drip blood on you? Not yet, but mm. I think it's coming. <laughs> but then it'll turn back on, and then out of the corner of my eye, I always see something moving. But it's not a big deal. But Brennan but, yeah, told me... Yeah, but it sounds like a huge deal, because one, if like it's not yeah. a ghost, it's electrical in your shower, not Well, safe. that, yeah, we think there is an electrical problem, too, which kind of quieted that instinct in my mind. But Brennan, the other night, um, Sunday night after Game of Thrones, I got really drunk and I passed out on the couch and he doesn't, he hates leaving me on the couch, but I vividly remember him trying to get me to get up and go to bed. And I was like, no, and I kicked over my water and he just left me there. And he said, after that, 
something really fucking creepy and crazy happened, but I won't let him tell me until we're outside of the house. What I have not told him is that that night I woke up at three in the morning, shit you not, like shot up off the couch because something like yelled at me. Some like there was a noise and I was still drunk. So I just kind of got up and I went and showered and doop boop doop bop. It was fine. I checked on my Alexa, like on your Amazon account. You can Dude, attract- no, that yeah. shit is possessed. You can check Alexa and see what interactions have happened. And I found that out. And so I was just like looking through it. And I noticed that night, this past Sunday night at 3 a.m., there were two instances where Alexa was awakened. And anytime she's awakened, if you don't know, guys, she's recording you. <laughs> so she's recording everything that's going on once you summon her. Say someone her has name, to say right? it. Yes. And maybe you were just talking in your sleep. Maybe. Trying to order some stuff on Amazon. But twice in a row, a minute after each other, and the sound, the audio you can hear is shrieking, like a weird, like shrill shrieking noise. That you Not couldn't cool. hear? That I must have heard because Did you I woke listen up. To the recording? Yeah, I listened to the. I can. No, thank you. Please okay. do not. <laughs> um, yeah. Ghost in the Burbs. Go listen to that episode. This woman comes to her and is like, "My Alexa isn't just like, you know, ordering weird shit. Like it took over her life. Like she couldn't be in like fifteen within fifteen feet of like any electronics. She has to mail letters. She can't drive a car. Like it's." It was insane. What? Yeah. See, I wasn't thinking it was necessarily the Alexa. I was just thinking that like whatever or it's going through the alexa that's true technology didn't we cover this with olivia mabel y'all yeah okay that sounds Uh, terrifying yeah so it's creepy and there was another vibe of like amityville horror where like the husband is angry and their relationship starts going down like out of nowhere something is causing Mm -hmm. a frustration and anxiety Mm -hmm. because when i'm like out of the house like legit i leave the house and brennan and i can have been pissy with each other all morning like we have been lately and i don't know why it's not for any reason uh, yeah, i'll leave the, the house demon in your house yeah i'll leave the house and i'm just <laughs> like all right things are normal like there's i'm not upset anymore and it's just it could it's a be, weird vibe it was, you had a weird thing in your apartment and maybe it was mad that y'all moved and it's just letting you know like hey i'm upset it could be because we definitely had a weird thing yeah. in our apartment satan was in our apartment but the bad one I don't know. He might be the fun one. Oh, and also Gaio's been doing real sh- real weird shit. Last night he guarded me while I was in the shower. He stared off in one direction for the longest time and then quickly would sharply like turn his head and stare in another direction for a really long time. And then he'll like run and not be playing with something, but like you can tell it's like it's almost as if someone went by and like spanked him on the butt and he'll just like pew, take off and then, but it's not zoomies so it's just it's weird there's some like, weird oh my god i keep just referencing all kinds of like stuff i listen to <laughs> the 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 it's like a uh old story from like this guy's twitter feed back in the day the dear david or don't, what was that don't fucking talk to me about that <laughs> i couldn't sleep for like two weeks oh i love it i would look at all the pictures dear daniel daniel yeah oh. that, that just reminded me of the the cats doing the weird staring off thing that's what it reminded me of yes that wasn't real well so brennan has had to sleep with his head at the foot of the bed every night because i'm going to sleep with gaio and gaio is just like taking over his spot so when he comes to get in bed gaio won't move and so it's that's real weird, but I can't sleep without 
Gaio being in there because I feel like he's going to protect me. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. I can't wait for the next update. Yeah. Episode 48. Here we come. Because we can't sage the house until fucking Friday. So. Because I need him to be with me because he has Don't to go behind it. me. Don't Let's see what happens. No. I hope everyone skipped all of that because it was obnoxious and ridiculous. And no. It's fine. <laughs> we chatter. Um. Yeah. Recommendations. Let's see. I have two. Um, well, look out. Um, <laughs> I'll keep it quick. So Scott's sister Amanda recommended a podcast called Cold. And it's about the disappearance and most likely murder of Susan Powell, which is kind of a famous yeah. case. I feel like most people have heard of her name. But it's absolutely crazy. Her husband was a coercive control, like weird hoarder, digital hoarder person. He committed suicide and killed their two children. And it was like totally oh insane. I literally, because I'm a psycho, I it's like 18 one-hour episodes, and I binged it in about two days, so that's, that's fine. I'm driving to San Antonio tomorrow, yeah. so perfect. Um, but yeah, it's really, really good if you want, like, uh, interesting, like, the levels of craziness within the family and the hereditary stuff, and, like, the dad loves her, and it's, like, lots of child, crazy, gross, pedophile stuff, but it's amazing. Um, okay. And then... What? Said okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's heavy, but it's really good. Um, then my second recommendation is another podcast. I'm sure a lot of people have already listened to it. Um, but it was also um about child <laughs> sexual assault. But it's called uh, Root of Evil. And oh, it's uh, I've had that I yeah. just downloaded that. I think Samantha, my coworker, told me to download that. So it's I think. Uh, remember when MFM did promotion for like I Am the Night or whatever that yes. like TV show? So it's based about, well, the show is based on this real story that this podcast is about, okay. and it's about the family who the father, grandfather, most likely killed Elizabeth Short. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's a lot about Elizabeth Short, Black Dahlia, if no one's familiar. Cool. Um, but a lot of it is only like eight episodes, I think. But like it's fifty fifty on like the family side again. The, the the level of uh, incestual situations w- via women is uh. unbelievable. So, hey, if you're me, go listen. It's so good. Oh, my God. Um, but also the Black Dahlia stuff is really interesting, too, because yes. it all kind of makes sense. I've always loved her case. Okay. Well, I'll recommend something a little lighter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. I thought of one while you were recommending. Um, I just started listening to Jonathan Van Ness's podcast. Oh, yeah. From Queer Eye. He's the one with the hair, right? Yes. yes. I love him so much. It's called Getting Curious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He interviews a lot of really, really interesting people, and he's just this he's so naturally ball funny. of sunshine. Yeah, I love him so much. So, They're like... I don't know. Gay guys just have the best, like, quips, you know? Mm-hmm. He's so cute. I, oh, yeah. He's so cute. Um, okay, cool. So happy podcast or really gross, sad podcast. Those are your options that yeah. we recommend. Um, We're going to have a sad one now, too. Yeah, I thought you were saying <laughs> that you were like, no. happy podcast. No, no. <laughs> um, man, why are I feel, like, super off my game right now. It's because we're not drinking. Yeah. Hannah and I are both grown-ups, and we have to wake up super early tomorrow. So we started early today. Yeah, we're not drinking. My charger is like. Last time we did that, it turned out real weird. So we'll see what happens. And that one was in the daytime. Mm -hmm. That one was awful. That was awful. It was just like so strange. All right, let's just fucking get into it, okay? (laughs) All right. So background of how I found this gem. Um, like I 
love to reference because I think it's fun how I find this stuff. Yeah. Um, doing my regular. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You just always find really good juicy cases. Thanks. And I'm always like, uh, who recommends something? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was doing my regular city, city search, specifically looking at crimes in the town of Cactus, um, which I had actually already done before, but never really found much. It's a tiny town, but whatever. Google always uh, provides something interesting. So it uh, linked me to a Fort Worth Star-Telegram article written by the lovely Deanna Boyd, who was my main source of information for when I talked about my Christmas episode with Cheryl Springfield. Yeah. So she's rad. Her podcast is rad. I think she hadn't put an episode out in a while until recently. So it's new like stuff us. from her. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I love this woman even more now and just weird simulation is that this is a Christmas murder too. So yeah. So just a few days before Christmas in 2016, the police in Glenwood, Glenwood Springs, Colorado would receive a call from a man at a local 7-Eleven in the area. When they arrived around 10.30 p.m., the caller reported that a man came into the gas station asking if he could use a phone because he had information on a murder. So if you're not totally getting that, the police get a call from a 7-Eleven employee saying, hey, this dude came in wanting to use our phone because he said he had information about mur a murder. And the caller also told the police that the man claimed he was on the run. And after he said, hey, dude, I need to borrow your phone. I'm on the run. I know some shit about a murder. He leaves and gets in a white Hyundai <laughs> and drives off. I don't know how to say it. Hyundai, whatever. Why would you ever? Because right. you're stupid yeah uh or you need mental therapy right the caller identified the suspicious man as craig allen the caller also told police that the car didn't have a front license plate mm. so as most of us know this whole license plate thing varies depending on the state you live in so i looked it up to be sure since we got a major hateful article or uh, review not looking stuff up, even though <laughs> most of the shit we don't look up is irrelevant to the case and waste so much time on multiple <laughs> levels, but whatever, it's fine. Um, also, when we say we don't know, it doesn't always mean we didn't try and find out. It's yeah. just that we didn't find a full answer. So again, fuck off. Go make your own podcast. Yeah, you try researching crimes that happened in the 70s or 80s that don't have yeah. internet trails. Or that are still like cold cases so not yeah. all information is well, fine. Yeah. Um, but yes, it is required by law to have uh, both a front and back license plate in the state of Colorado, okay? So that was already your car super was weird. Yeah, yeah, for that 7-Eleven dude. I mean, I guess it, do people notice it? I don't I, know. I don't know how to say it. But I fucking notice that shit because I always think it's sketchy. If they don't have a front one? If, yeah, front or back. I like oh, Back, definitely. Well, but like if they have one or the other or it's like in a window or something instead of oh, being on the bumper, I'm yeah. like, I don't like that. That's weird. <laughs> and I memorize their license plate for some reason. It's just a knee-jerk thing. Okay. I'm never, I'm never going to use the information. If someone, if there was a murder and that car committed it and I needed to recall that license plate, I would not be able to do it. But I recited it for at least an hour that day. <laughs> All right, so front and back license plates for Colorado is the answer. Around 45 minutes later, heading in the direction that the white car had driven towards, an officer notices a vehicle of that description, but instead it, the car didn't have a rear license plate. So the officer plays it cool, follows the car into yet another gas station parking lot, and literally watches the driver get out of the car, snag a license plate out of the trunk, and screw it onto the empty rear license plate holder. So... 
<laughs> he knows what he like I took that as like he knows what he's doing he's changing license plates he's evading law as enforcement yeah. yeah there's like an he's aware of what's happening yep and like this sophisticated criminal he is the driver pulls out of the parking lot evidently not seeing the cop who had just followed him in and begins to speed off um <laughs> luckily for the police officer the driver was only going about 40 miles per hour in a 20 mile per hour zone so it gave him reason to pull him over and as the officer pulled behind the driver um well what do you know the rear license plate was from none other than the good state of texas lone texas. star whatever it says on there <laughs> Um, yeah. The driver would be fully identified as Craig Allen Vandewege, Vandewege, Vandewege. I watched our, uh, uh, a news thing and I can't remember how they pronounce it. So Vandewege, I think it's Vandewege. Vandewege is forensic right. files. Yeah. Yeah. Just, that's all. He apologized and told the officer that he didn't realize he was speeding, but that he was driving west, heading to, quote, Las Vegas to see Donald Trump to work it out with him. As you do. Okay, this guy's off his rocker. Yeah. Okay. In the report submitted by the officer involved, Craig is quoted saying, It's been a long week. My wife and kid were murdered in Texas. Jesus. Just gave it to him. Right. So I immediately thought, and maybe it's, you know, me overanalyzing, but I maybe we're kind of conditioned to think this certain way, but <clears throat> to the specific usage of the phrase, my wife and kid kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I feel like if you say, there's a difference if you said, officer, you know, it's been a long week. My wife and infant son were murdered in Texas. Like, versus, yep, it's been a long week. My wife and kid were murdered in Texas. Right. Like, there's a connotation, and maybe that's just me, like, knowing what happens, but Mm -hmm. it just sounded kind of tacky. Yeah, calling... <clears throat> my, Maybe not. My kid, it's like calling someone my old lady. Like, yeah, yeah. There's like in a, a situation it's like a that. slang or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was a little like, I don't know. Um, so at this point, the police are like, okay, we get a call from someone saying a customer is talking about murder and being on the run. And then we end up finding the guy and <clears throat> he's totally talking about murder yet again. So what luck? Let's see what the fuck is up with Crazy Craig. Police ask Craig to get out of the car so they can talk and go over his ID and insurance and whatnot. But he says, no, I'm not getting out. He refused to get out of the car for about five minutes, which in a cop's mind is five minutes too long. Oh, which you were going to talk about Sandra Bland. Oh, that's right. No, that was where my brain went to. It's like, oh, he can sit in his yeah. car for five minutes without a, a cop threatening to light him up and pull him out of the, yeah, yank. It's fine. We'll talk about Sandra later. There's an update on Sandra's case. <laughs> um, now, I can only assume that during the traffic stop and while they were speaking to him, they were also getting his information from his license plates and his name and such, because as soon as he gets out of the car, he's handcuffed. Um, you don't usually get handcuffed for speeding and refusing to ex- exit your vehicle, but Unless I'm not a cop. Sandra I don't Bland. know the rules. <laughs> and I didn't look it up. <laughs> um, but it would make sense that when they were checking his information, they would want to handcuff him because... Um, they got in contact with the Fort Worth police and they would find out that Crazy Craig had fled the state despite not being ruled out as a suspect in his wife and child's murder that occurred just a week prior. Okay, so during his handcuffing, Craig was asked by an officer if he had any weapons, needles, knives, etc. on his person as they normally do during kind of the pat down phase. And he responded with, <laughs> quote, no, I'm not a knife guy. Good answer. Turns out, though, he was a gun guy instead. 
he had two loaded pistols on his person, one in a holster around his ankle and the other in his waistband, uh, both of which he had a concealed handgun permit for that were issued from Colorado. So no big deal, I guess. Okay. Um, a report states that during his booking process, officers noted that Craig's wedding ring was found in his pocket along with several condoms. But what they found in his car after he was taken to jail was even better. Um, <laughs> this guy bled red, white, and blue. Okay, so according to articles I read, they found empty gas cans, camouflage clothing, several boxes of different caliber ammunition, an AR-15 style rifle, a 22 caliber revolver, and to put a cherry on top of that aggressive Sunday, they also found numerous bottles of prescription medication. So he was doing great. Wow. Yeah. Fun. That sounds like a person that should have multiple guns. And he's going to Vegas to talk to Donald. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Guns that he acquired legally. Yeah. Go figure. I don't know. I don't know all that stuff. I don't know. (laughs) Now I'm paranoid to say that all the time. Uh, About a month later. that guy. Sorry. (laughs) Or girl, probably. Assuming it's a man. Oh, maybe. Um, (laughs) About a month later, Craig Vandewege would be extradited back to Texas. Uh, Craig would be charged with capital murder and the death of his wife, 37-year-old Shana. I think it's Shana. It might be Shana, S-H-A-N-N-A, Shana. That sounds like a Shana, yeah. Um, and three-month-old baby son, Diedrich. Hmm. Uh, his bond was set at a million dollars. Thank you, Judge. Um, so let's go back to December 15th, 2016, and a few years prior. So Craig and Shayna uh, would move from Denver to Fort Worth, not even a full year before Shayna and the newborn would be murdered. Uh, before her death, Shayna worked as a registered nurse at a local Fort Worth hospital. Uh, the couple had actually struggled to get pregnant for quite some time, and it's mentioned that Shayna suffered from three fairly serious miscarriages mm. uh, before finally giving birth to Diedrich. Um, she was still on maternity leave when she and her son were killed, and um, Craig was employed at a Fort Worth Costco in the optical department, which, no judgment, I fucking love Costco, despite yes. the horrific anxiety I get every time <laughs> I shop there. Um, after returning home from his shift at Costco that evening, December 16th, Craig would call 911 and report that he found his wife and son dead in their home. It was on the 800 or 8500 block of Cactus Flower Drive. So that's how I found this case because it was listed okay. amidst the Google searches of cactus, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Um, Craig told the 911 dispatcher that his wife and son weren't breathing and that there was a lot of blood around his wife's neck, um, who was later found on the master or on the bed in the master bedroom. Uh, he also said that there was a lot of blood in the bassinet where his baby was. Uh, it would be later determined that Shayna and Diedrich both had their throats slit. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't able to find... If they specifically died of blood loss or choking or, you know, if there was, you know, manner of death versus cause of death. I, I, I did look it up, you stupid cunt. Can't you tell I'm not mad? <laughs> <laughs> um, not only would Craig tell officers that his family has been killed, but he believed his house had been burglarized. He noticed that the front door had been unlocked when he arrived home that evening and that the inside of the house had essentially been ransacked. When the police arrived, however, Craig was seated on the curb outside his house. They noticed he was fairly calm, not acting out in any sort of emotional or angry way. They just said his eyes were slightly watering, not full on crying. Which, again, grief comes in all different ways. Yes. But also, I can yawn and make my eyes water if I wanted my, to. So, I mean. My right eye is watering right now. It's nothing special. Yeah. <laughs> um, while officers sp- speak with Craig, the investigation begins inside the house. 
The officers confirmed that the cabinets and drawers in the kitchen had been pulled open, but the items inside remained organized and tidy, mm-hmm. which I think is just like <laughs> so lazy. Like, yeah. Like you're going to oh thought the thought process is there. Like, let me stage the scene. But like take something. Yeah. And dishevel it. Put it under something. Make it pretend. Try harder. Something. Yeah. God. Um, normal and tidy. Yeah. The normal <laughs> items usually seen uh, taken fr- or seen taken fr- from a burglary, such as TVs, jewelry, firearms, they were found in the house undisturbed. Um, also of note was that the family dogs were safe and sound, unharmed inside a random room in the house. Mm. So for reference, because I think this is really interesting and important, there's a really good Forensic Files episode, and I don't remember what it's called, but it it's basically they catch this guy who kills his wife because of testing of like the dog's hair that they found on his clothes. And it was something like the dogs tried to fight the husband off. Oh, baby. While he was murdering the wife and he like beat the dogs pretty severely to try to get him off of him or something like that. But Aww. with the dogs injured, it made it look like a stranger had attacked the woman. Right. Or had attacked the man and like injured he, the yeah, dogs. Yeah, in defense of her. So I don't know. I think it's interesting because. If you were just a random person trying to burglarize a house that you've never been into, maybe you knew there were dogs, maybe you didn't, you would be like, fuck this dog, get him out of my way, and kill the dog. Yeah, I don't Not think like, you would like, kill a three-month-old corral baby. Them, right. Mm-hmm. Corral them into a room and make sure. But if you were the owner, you'd be like, okay, I don't want him getting in my way. I also care about these animals, so let me get rid of him for a minute. Yeah. So to me, that sounds weird. So along with the house being a little tossed, the uh, police noticed the back door to the house was unlocked despite noticeable pry marks left on the frame. So it was already strange because why would you pry the door open if it was already unlocked? (laughs) But the marks that were left on the door seemed to have been made from both inside and outside the house, essentially meaning that the door could have actually been open when the damage was done to the door on purpose. (laughs) <laughs> like not smart like he didn't allegedly he didn't think it through i thought you were going with he started by like doing it from the inside and he was like oh wait no they'd be trying to get from the outside probably <laughs> it might have been that way because it was on both sides he's not great oh my god um the police are starting to get a vibe that this whole house has been staged especially after they go into the bedroom dresser drawers were pulled open but the contents yet again were left folded or untouched um, the family evidently had two safes um, as well that had been opened with their contents kind of partially strewn on the floor. And the police noted that one of the safes needed a code combination to be open and the other needed an actual key, basically inferring that whoever opened the one safe needed to already know the code or possibly at least force someone who knew it to yeah. tell them to op- or how to open it, whatever. Um, police would affirm that it would have been impossible for Shayna to have gotten out of bed and been able to open the safe with the knowing the code um, after su- suffering such a severe wound. Um, I kind of beg to differ just because we've talked about cases of 10 year old girls having their throat slit and they run right. across half a mile to a neighbor's house yeah. and get help. But <clears throat> they go into it later. But I feel like it's a little I don't know quick well and also if there wasn't like a trail of blood from the bed to where the safe was couldn't they have forced her yeah yeah to get over there before before killing her yeah right right um but yeah just like you said um that 
regardless that the police said that the lack of blood that was leading from the obvious route of where the safe was and where Shayna was meant she most likely wasn't the one who opened it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you can make up your own mind on that one. Also in defense of the police's theory that Shayna couldn't have been the one to open the safe was that she suffered no defensive wounds. Mm. And according to Detective Matt Barron, who was assigned to the case, quote, it appeared that she was either asleep or unconscious when the wound was inflicted. So more or less saying she didn't get up after getting killed and, you know, she probably didn't even know what happened. Yeah. Thank God, honestly. Yeah, seriously. Um, when police asked Craig to give them a timeline of the days leading up to the murders, he told investigators that he and Shayna had uh, gone out to dinner together on the evening of December 14th, then stopped and bought a 30-pack of beer on the way home. He said that the, <laughs> that the couple uh, then played video games, which... This might be true, but I guess I just don't think that a first-time new mom wants to ditch her child at home after only three months and, like, sit and play video games. Yeah. I don't know. Get, I, like, sauced on cheap 30-pack. Yeah, like, bush light beer. or yeah. some shit. I feel like they, they she worked so hard to, right, she's breastfeeding and she's worked so hard to overcome all the miscarriages and, like, she would want to yeah. be with her child. Like, I don't know. I just think that that's... Maybe not. Maybe there are some parents that like want to get the fuck out of there and they don't care and they just want to break and right, have a which date night. Is totally fine. Yeah, it just it kind of sounds like a random like lame guy thing to do. Yes, it sounds like what a guy video games ideal night right. would be. And so he was like, "That's we did that." Also, is there any evidence of them? You know, eating receipts, camera footage from the store they bought the beer at. Like right. I didn't. I looked and didn't find anything. Was the beer in the house? Were right. There trash. The right was there any can with her dna on it right you know, right, right. so whatever yeah. okay sorry no it's i'm i don't even know what's happening right now i'm not focused <laughs> um anyway so he said that he left for work the next morning about 10 30 a.m this is the day following their super hot date night um craig said that Shayna and his son were asleep he said he kissed his wife goodbye and she woke up telling him she loved him nausea Craig said that he stopped at a bagel shop to buy coffee for his coworkers before arriving to work at 11.45 a.m. Again, where is the receipt? Yeah. You know, Costco loves a good receipt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Especially if you buy it for your coworkers because you're going to keep the receipt so they right, can reimburse you. they can pay you, you back. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, a Costco employee, this is kind of where things get pretty good. Okay. Um, once we get into all the employees and what they have to say. A Costco employee told police that Vandewege was 45 minutes late to work that day. He also told investigators he had texted his wife, um, that Craig te- told investigators he had texted his wife about three times between 2 and 3 p.m., but never received a response, so he figured she was busy. Um, he told detectives that he bought his wife diamond earrings that day and a ladder so he could hang their wedding pictures at home. Like, you're trying so hard. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he did, but doubt it. That's what's the most obvious thing yeah. to make them not think I'm the killer. Diamonds. Let me I show her that I love her so much. Yeah. Uh, he also told police he knew of no one that would want to harm his wife or child. He later texted detectives a list of items he said were missing from the home, including his wife's wedding ring, the diamond studded earrings and a pearl necklace. So like that's all they took. OK. But no guns. No. Right. But okay. And they killed a three-month-old baby baby, for it. Yeah. Uh, Craig told investigators that money had recently been tight with the birth of his son and his wife quitting her nursing job to take care of the baby, 
which I, again, read that she was just on maternity leave. That could have been a mix up within the articles and stuff. Mm. But um, you got a stable job as a nurse. I don't know the history behind that. But OK, why would you just quit? I'm pretty sure hospitals are pretty chill with all of that. Yeah. You're allowed to have a baby and take time off. I think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> you never know these days. Uh, he said, however, the couple had recently sold their home in Colorado and were looking forward to the money situation improving. He told police that because work had been stressful, um, he takes daily anti-anxiety medication. You know, Costco is so stressful. <laughs> the optical department. Um, <laughs> investigators described Craig's behavior as, quote, extremely unusual. From his overly calm manner when he was talking to the dispatchers about finding his wife and son dead to sleeping and showing little emotion while at the um, homicide office after the discovery of everything, um, he declined to voluntarily give investigators his phone, telling investigators it was an intrusive measure. This is what the affidavit states. Um, and an examination of Shayna's phone showed no outgoing activity that would suggest she was alive after 1030 a.m., Oh, mm-hmm. which would essentially follow his departure from work, which would kind of show why he was late. Like, yeah, you know, ransacked the house, slit these throats, going to go get some bagels. Did he at least text her those three times? Yeah, like okay. that, but she didn't use her phone. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you, especially as a new mom, I'm sure like, you know, right. three months, baby sleeping a lot. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're playing with your fucking phone. And evidently she has a really good uh, family life. She's really mm-hmm. close with her family. So it's kind of, I don't know, you would want to communicate if you're selling your house, you'd think you'd be talking to real estate people or I don't know. So in reference to that anti-anxiety medication, uh, once again, in the affidavit, police said that Craig told a co-worker he recently started taking this daily anti-anxiety prescription medication, quote, that makes him hear voices that tell him to kill people. So he's going for the insanity plea also while <laughs> saying he didn't do it. Um, Got it. I don't think I don't know if this was premeditated. I don't think he's smart enough to plant the seed of insanity beforehand does that make okay sense? so you think maybe he really was hearing voices? yeah i okay, mean wow. i think there Yikes. might have been a touch of schizophrenia that was undiagnosed I mean, okay. he's around the correct age for it unless he's just totally <gasps> true you know not yeah. even whatever i just don't think he's smart to like oh let me go ahead and start telling people i'm crazy so when i do kill her it's fine right right no okay um the co-worker claimed months earlier craig said quote that his wife was pregnant and that he wished he could push her down the stairs and kill her that way so maybe, maybe, no, he's not smart enough because why would you just admit to wanting to kill your wife? I don't know. So he just said that as like a joke? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she's pregnant. I wish I could just push her down the yeah. stairs and end it all. Probably. <clears throat> just wait. According to the affidavit, again, the coworker also mentioned a dream that Craig told him about. Quote, Craig said that in his dream, he sliced the heads of his wife and father like baloney. This poor coworker just right. to sit with all of that. Right. Just like I have to keep this information because this guy. But might also, kill like, why don't you say something? Yeah, go to like, HR or like, something. Like, I don't think this is right, and I don't know the time frame of when he, you know, spilled all this to this person. It could have been literally the day before. Yeah. But I mean, he had been taking the medication for a minute. So I don't know. Yeah, and like one of those, because I think about if someone was saying stuff like that to me, I would probably go to someone. But if they just said one of those things, you probably wouldn't go. So the fact that there was three, I want to know how close they yeah. all are together. Right. And in what order? Yeah. Because if you, the dream, 
that could be played off as funny. Like, dude, it's so weird to like cut my mom or my father and my wife's head with like baloney. Like, that's right. weird. And then you follow it up with, I want to push my wife down the stairs right after a murder dream. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then you follow it up with, hey, these pills are making me crazy. I want to kill everyone. Uh huh. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Something has to make you go and talk to someone. Ooh. All right. So now after all of that, we circle back to Colorado because after all of this happening, the dude skips town. Not realizing that he's a prime suspect or at least a person of interest in his wife and son's murder. <laughs> so he'll claim that he ha- was told by his lawyer that he could go. Um, but uh, he's 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 no, it's not happening. Um, so all <laughs> what off his rocker. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he evidently had paperwork, but the from his lawyer on his person. But it clearly didn't state that he could leave. It was just like paperwork from his lawyer. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't, for at least from what I'm remembering. Um, so all in all, Craig has been extradited back to Fort Worth. And um, since I can't find any articles dating after June or July of 2018, um, I can only assume that he is awaiting trial. And hopefully there will be more information to come. But that's basically it when it comes to the murder of Shayna and Diedrich Van De Weege. Ugh. That's it is an awful weapon. one. Yeah. Um, I'm I I I didn't want to do this one, but I thought it was interesting because of like how horrific. Yes. But I hate that there's no answer of like we found this and this and this, even if mm-hmm. it hasn't gone to trial. That stuff can sometimes be leaked in the media. Um, but I wonder what's going to happen if he is going to do the insanity, if they're going to find more evidence. Yeah. I mean, it happened in 2016. And so. what the motive is because either he is schizophrenic like mm-hmm. you said and it's undiagnosed or because like when you think about like i was misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder do you think it's possible that he did go to a doctor and they misdiagnosed him as yeah. anxiety maybe because he didn't relay all the symptoms or he's not showing he all feeling. showing right. full-blown schizophrenic symptoms or he's not telling them the whole truth because yeah. he's terrified of what's happening in his mind and his brain and he doesn't want to alarm anyone right. or whatever, but... And it might not necessarily be the medication that's bringing out voices, but it's just the natural timeline mm-hmm. from, you know, like, yeah, if you had been on this medication or not, you still would have been right. having these hallucinations, yeah. but... Anti-anxiety will do fuck all for someone who needs antipsychotics. Yeah. Or whatever they treat schizophrenia with. Or is he just a f- fucking piece of shit that, like, totally... Um, what's his name? Scott Peterson, his way out of having right. a family. But I mean, like they were actively, I feel like if you weren't ready to have a child and you didn't want to have a child, mm-hmm. there were multiple opportunities for him to go to her or, or get a vasectomy on the, you know, yeah. down low and like just not whatever. Yeah. But they were actively trying to get pregnant and like it, the pictures of them, they're a cute couple. Oh, that sucks. They look normal. Like, she they, she kind of has, like, like this rockabilly vibe, like, when they first started dating or, like, when they were not pregnant and didn't have a baby. They look like a normal white couple. He looks normal. He doesn't look creepy. He doesn't look scary. I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's a mental, mental health issue. Like, I think that... I mean, who knows? That's just my speculation because otherwise, yeah, you have money problems and the stress of the miscarriages and, you know, but they couldn't have been that bad off. A nurse is a good job. Yeah. Maybe he felt inferior that she was bringing the breadwinner and like felt tossed to the side because she finally had a baby and just like maybe he was a total narcissist. Like, I have no idea. Fuck, dude. 
I think it points more from what he says and how he's acting. And let me go to fucking Vegas to, to see right. Donald Trump. That's true. We do yeah. have to remember that shit because and that's just batch. I don't know if I mentioned, maybe I did before or maybe I already have, that he was going to Colorado because that's where Shana and Diedrich were having their funerals held. Right. So he thought he could go back up there. I don't know if I mentioned that. Whatever. So he still knows that he's skipping town because he's changing license plates. He's trying to get rid of, mm-hmm. you know, any tailing of the police. Says all this shit about Donald Trump has all this wep- weaponry in his car. Yeah. The condoms, the wedding ring, like it's 50-50. It looks like he's super Scott Peterson. Yeah. Or batshit crazy. Right. Well, because when you think about I'm on the run, like thinking about it in those terms, like because he could have easily just said, can I borrow your phone? It's been a rough week. Right. I, I'm I'm here for the funeral of my wife and infant mm-hmm. child. Like that would have been easy to say. But the word, like the on the run, I feel like a schizophrenic mm-hmm. mind would kind of like you're on the run, you're on the you're, run, you're on the you're run, leaking out yeah. information. It's like a subtle leakage, right? I mean, that's yeah. literally the term. Yeah. So, yeah, I hope he is getting heavily evaluated. Oh, I, I can't wait. Like, I cannot wait to find out what, what happens. If we, like, and that's that's what uh, that's in our like rational compassionate brain we want to try to put some logic to this so like he this man didn't just wake up one morning and slit the throat of his, his infant son and because his beautiful he was wife mad. or because he was bored yeah. or because you know yeah you don't want to think that you want to think that but it is possible that that is just what happened i mean it could be more than just schizophrenia or one of those types of right. you know, mental illnesses but it could be a tie-in with, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of sociopathy or, like, antisocial stuff because he just thinks he's better than whatever. And I can just walk around and cross state lines with guns and go fuck off. Well, that's true because yada, yada. that's what we learned, that schizophrenia isn't scary by itself. It's when it's coupled with something right. else that's dangerous. And if you're so... I don't care about society. I can go up to a person at a 7-Eleven and say, hey, yeah, I know some shit about a murder. I'm on the run. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and not have any show any remorse or guilt for anything. Like it's a fun little game to you. Like, oh, I'm not a knife guy. Yeah. It's like, right. Is this a joke? The, 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 yeah, you're, I can. Because he wasn't his right mind like enough to have tone. the license plate. Right. That's why I don't think if he tries to pull the insanity thing it's not going to fly. I mean, in unfit yeah. to stand trial, I don't know if they're going to be able to do. There's no way. There were too many moments <clears throat> documented on film, yeah. in affidavits, from eyewitnesses, whatever, that are pointing to him knowingly uh, leading up to this and right. knowingly clear mind after. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of what he was trying to do. I agree. So I don't think that they're going to get away with it. But he still might be crazy. He might. Yeah. He might be <laughs> like not crazy enough to totally right. like, oh, yeah, this guy, he can't stand. But definitely. And I wonder if like there would be some sort of third party involvement of like a wrongfully diagnosed, you know, from the doctor Maybe. that he was seeing, you know? Because that's. Would that be reckless endangerment or malpractice? It's it's just negligent. Negligent, okay. Or, I don't know, negligent uh, diagnosis, negligent medical practice. I don't think it's malpractice because that's, it's so third party that you can't, but also they could reach and be like, hey, you're going to go and be a witness because and you might get in trouble because you didn't put this guy on the right meds or yeah. seek better help or look more into it. I don't know. 
whatever it doesn't matter because well, it could just be like oh we saw him one time like what am i supposed to do hunt him down and make him come back that's true it's also true i did just read a story though where um one of just pick one i'm not sure which <laughs> one but one of the shootings that just happened right. um a bartender is going to jail now because she served the already intoxicated shooter before he went and did it and it's against i think it was in texas maybe but I, i'm not sure but it's against you know alcohol TBC, tbc law beverage law to serve it already intoxicated person blah blah blah. so that's why she's going to jail he still would have fucking killed someone he still would have killed somebody he- so it's like maybe yeah like a doctor should probably be at least i think that's a little bit more criminally like in the court system it's a little more valid of just like yeah. hey man we need you to testify because if you saw signs here or there or any which direction pointing right. to his sanity or not sanity or a certain disease that could be used in a defense of either yeah, direction. Yeah, that's what I So but I think like it would the, be totally like, yeah, yeah we're going to pluck you and you're going to have to yeah. participate with us. In also, this. like speaking of shootings, I mean, God knows he could have been driving to Vegas to do like just the exact same fucking thing. You know what I mean? That was. All that stuff on him. That's terrifying. Yeah. Like when you say an AK yeah 50 whatever numbers and letters rifle yeah (laughs) like no yeah (laughs) that's pretty scary i don't know it is there was a shooting yesterday at a middle school i think or no a high school in um colorado down the road from uh columbine cool yep six shot two dead i think like eight total but like two of them died one of them was just about to graduate high school it's fine Mm -hmm. you know yeah, so that that was where my mind immediately went that he was going to do something highly irrational with guns. So I mean, he already it's did lucky. something highly irrational with something sharp. I and mean. can we just like fucking hand cl- hand clap, <laughs> put our hands together for the Seven Eleven? Yeah, clerk for like <laughs> right? going. That was fucking weird. I'm yeah. gonna call because I don't know if I would have. Right. I don't know if I would have clocked that as super super weird. This Seven Eleven guy should have been the Costco employee. Yes, <laughs> yeah. a little too late. Wrong state, wrong <laughs> yeah. job. The Costco employee, like <laughs> that might be like your drinking buddy and stuff, but you know, I would a- kill to have someone. Not I, that's a bad choice of words. I would love <laughs> for someone to come to me and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go fucking push my wife down the stairs." I would jump for joy at yes. the chance to be like, "Oh, really? Yeah. Tell me more." <laughs> yes, and let Maybe me go you tell stop the police it. officer. Maybe and then you're the hero of the week. Yeah, <laughs> side stories could talk about you. Oh my god! <laughs> all right, yeah, that was kind of all over the place. I'm no, I. Like I said, I took my medicine too late and I'm kind of no, I thought it was good because I'm I really want to know yeah. the updates of this. Yeah. So fuck you, Craig. Definitely. Before we segue into yours to do the updates, um, I posted about Zuzu. Zuzu. That's um, what I was gonna yeah, say she's I think to, on the ninth, whenever that's tomorrow on today. But um, yeah, Robert was convicted mm-hmm. for uh, capital murder. And tampering with a Yeah, physical corpse. evidence. Yep. Yeah. And then Chris Estrada, I think the article said he pled. He took a plea, but he will be sentenced to something as well um, on the same day. So I think the sentencing is either today or tomorrow. Yeah, too. it's on the 9th, but I don't know okay. when. Oh, that's today. Today's the 8th. No, it's not. Yes, it is. What? Yep. Whoops, Cassie's been dating all her checks I've been wrong. A lot. <laughs> wrong today. Okay. I, I was ready to fight you. I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> all right. Um, shit. Yeah, no, it's wrong. Uh, but yeah, and then update for Sandra Bland. Well, yeah, um, the cell phone footage was released, like, from her cell phone. Like, she, because mm-hmm. remember, you can hear in the dash cam footage 
that she he's telling her to put down the phone, stop recording. Um, but basically the cell phone footage, it's like really short. It's 15 seconds, I think. Um, but it proves that he was lying about her insolence, Attacking. her exactly. Oh, and not wanting to cooperate, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So he was lying about it and he just immediately goes to, I will light you up and I'll drag you out of the fucking car. And she is calm and collected and just kind of like, what the fuck is happening? So they're calling for um, her case to be reopened and reinvestigated and for that officer wow. to be reinvestigated. So I really hope that happens because I do think there was a lot of foul play. So. Yeah, definitely. Because he was just fire or let go, right? He wasn't like he was, charged with anything. He, he was didn't, put on like administrative leave and he's like. For some reason, I thought when we talked about it, he had been fired. I Or maybe we couldn't find out what happened i, I can't know. remember because that was a i didn't we didn't her, look it up well <laughs> we made it we might have but i think i did that case for a reason i think i had been listening yeah to other cases about, about police brutality yeah, yeah so i don't want to i can't say for sure yeah what happened to him but hopefully I hope something something does. yeah, yeah. bernie sanders reposted her <laughs> thing and he was like i stand Feel with her family yeah <laughs> What was I listening to? Oh, yeah. So I started. Do you remember that whole? And I might cut this out. The the women, the the two ladies that adopted the th- two sets of three uh, black children from Houston, drove off a cliff, killed everyone. Two of them are still missing. That kind of thing. Yeah. Started listening to a podcast about it. Stopped listening. It wasn't that good. It mm. wasn't. A, it wasn't bad. It was just very slow. Mm. But I, they had this whole thing because one of the kids was at one of the Bernie Sanders rallies, mm. and it was in Portland, and like a bird flew in. Yeah, and Bernie Sanders. Yeah, but like the whole like the Portlandia thing was like put a bird on it, and like you put a bird on a bag or put a bird on like it's like a super hipster. It was oh. one of the old episodes where it was like the joke was like you put a bird on everything and it makes it look cool, and like it was like put a burn on it, put a bird on it because like Bernie and the bird. And I don't know. And it happened in Oregon. It was like super stupid. That's funny. Yeah, it was funny. That makes that so much better that <laughs> that happened. I've yeah. watched that clip a million times because his face just lights up. Yeah. He's the cutest. I like caught it. They were like, yeah, Bernie put a bird on it. I was like, oh my God. If you don't watch Portlandia, like you may not get it. But like that was hilarious to me. Oh, that oh, is yeah. funny. That does make it because that means there were a few memes that I shared that I didn't fully understand. So. <laughs> Classic. Uh, but yeah, go listen. Go back and listen to Sandra Bland's episode yeah. and Zuzu Verk's episode. Yeah. Zuzu definitely made me cry. Sandra made me very angry. angry. Yeah, so. Yeah, definitely. So this is the story of Diamond Bessie. And I'm not going to call her Diamond Bessie the whole time because I don't like that. But What are you going to call her? Her real name, Annie. Okay. Yeah. it's. We'll talk about how she got the nickname yeah, like Diamond there's Bessie. there's no correlation. All right, Diamond Bessie. <laughs> so, Jefferson, Texas, 1877, a town of, at the time, less than 7,500 people in Marion County. Um, Literally drove through there. Yeah. That was just crazy. And, you know, just All simulation. sidebar, this county voted unanimously to secede <laughs> from the Union during the Civil War. <laughs> so... Reminder, the Civil War was in 1861 to 1865. We're talking about 77. So this Mm -hmm. is 12 years after the Civil War. So we are in post-Civil War America in the South. Things aren't good still. Um, I saw a real-life Confederate flag. Ew! It was crazy. I had never seen one. Like, I knew that people had... I've seen stickers, you know, on, like, cars. But, like, 
this was right next to their American flag on their lawn. Mm-hmm. And I was really kind of, yep. I mean, whatever. I don't know what to say to that, but I was really surprised. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow. That's that happens. Thing. Still happens. Yeah. yeah. I've walked into people's houses and they have Confederate flags hanging and on their wall. That's like, it. That's like memorabilia. Like, maybe that's more memorabilia of like Nazi memorabilia. You keep it in your house, but like. Right out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just have a sign on your front porch that says I'm a bigot. (laughs) Or I'm white in case you didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. Just in case. (laughs) And I think I know history, but I'm actually unpatriotic to fly the Confederate flag as an American because that was in the of the Union. It's fine. Don't talk to me about racists are so stupid. So anyways, um, so this is post-Civil War America, um, and this area is kind of by the big Cypress Creek. I was really confused because it's super inland. Um, it's kind of close to Shreveport, um, so mm-hmm. it's it's not a port city, but this is a port city, so it's a river port city, a major... There's a sign called Big Cypress Bayou right in like next to the Marion County County or Marion County line yep. sign. So that makes. Oh, my God. That's it. This is too weird. You were right there. Literally. You were right where this happened. <laughs> That's cool. So I'm going to read a quote from historian Myra H.M. Sylvain. Um, she wrote a really cool article just about this story. I got a lot of my information from her and then um, information from. Nope, I already got rid of it. Another, a a Texas history website. So that was cool to have. There's more information on this murder than there are on some murders that happened in the 90s. So yeah, I don't doubt it. Um, But she writes, Jefferson, a thriving inland port in deep East Texas, enjoyed a cosmopolitan air of success in 1877. Steamboats designed to carry a thousand bales of East Texas cotton on only three feet of water left the port of Jefferson and returned from New Orleans with the latest fashion and clothing and home design as well as immigrants heading for settlement in northeast Texas, Dallas, and the Panhandle. I'm doing a lot of weird stuff with my hands right now. Um, The giant stern wheelers traveled the Mississippi River from New Orleans, steamed up the Red River, and finally entered Big Cypress Creek for the journey to the head of navigation at Jefferson. Town residents did not blink at wealth or lavish living until... (laughs) They still don't. Yeah, until January 19th. 1877 when a handsome man and a beautiful young woman arrived in the train from nearby marshall i drove through marshall too (laughs) this is too creepy i hate stuff like this It's stressing me out so this beautiful young woman um who was referred to as diamond bessie by kind of looky loos in the town was actually annie stone and i realized i'd never fully explained the diamond bessie as i kept writing so they overheard well she was adorned with diamonds and jewelry um so much that she looked as if she could open a jewelry store just with what was on her person and they overheard her male companion call her bessie as like a nickname so they the whispering you know like rumor mill started just because these two new people came to town and she was diamond bessie and they couldn't just go up to her and say hey ma'am what's your name right okay because this is 1877 you don't have tv you don't have raid you don't have a hand to like shake some i don't know no there are these two rich like aristocratic looking people and so you're like that's entertaining i'm just gonna kind of watch them you know yeah that's true there's like 
like rumors just for fun like gossip and right kind of like i'm picturing kind of like the uh, opening sequence of beauty and the beast where like Belle is singing throughout bonjour, town and all bonjour, yeah and all the townspeople are like bonjour. look at that girl mm-hmm. yeah they're just gossiping yeah. about her yeah that's what i picture stupid bitch <laughs> so um, this town is nothing by the way it's woods so i don't know how all this went down everything is abandoned and closed so what happened i don't even understand how steamboats even came into this area because it's non-existent it's interesting to to hear because i found this murder just by typing in historic texas cities and it's interesting like what towns that we may drive through now and it's just like ugh, i hate driving through this town i feel like like there's a haunted hotel or something there probably in that county i feel like okay maybe that's what it is i don't know whatever well, it, it's, yeah, these cities that used to be thriving ports and thriving yeah, areas. They had just to have like, something. Yeah, they didn't keep up with the times, I guess. Like, cotton stopped being a thriving Since when? Business. I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just, <laughs> like, as an example, I don't know. I didn't look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Diamond Bessie's real name is Annie Stone. Annie was born sometime in 1854 in Syracuse, New York. Um, her father was a very well-off shoe dealer, um, and it was said of her that she had, quote, black hair, brilliant gray eyes, a flair for grooming, and a well-chosen wardrobe combined to make her an extraordinary beauty and to attract early attention from men. So when she was only 15, she became the mistress of a man whose last name was Moore. Um, that didn't last long, but she did adopt his last name and kind of fucked off on a journey on her own. Um, articles called her a prostitute and say she worked at brothels, so sex worker. Um, but to me, it kind of sounds like she may have been kind of disgraced in mm-hmm. Syracuse because she came from a wealthy family. She was a mistress of this married man. She was so young. And so when that ended, she just had to... Maybe she was disowned from her family. You know, we don't know that. But I feel like she either had to go and make her own way because she was disgraced by the town and her family or she was just like. I want to go party. I'm 20 years old. Yeah. Like I feel so adult now because I was just with this old man. So I'm going to go and. I have grooming as my hobby. Yes. (laughs) Um, So. Where did I? So she she did work in brothels in Cincinnati, New Orleans, um, and finally landed herself in Hot Springs, Arkansas. So in 1875, she meets one Abraham Rothschild at her workplace in Hot Springs. Um, she's 21 at this point. Abraham, or Abe, as I'll refer to him from here on out, Rothschild was born in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1853. Um, he was the son of a super rich Cincinnati jeweler, jeweler, and he was said to be a very handsome man himself. Um, he worked as a traveling salesman for his dad's company for a little bit, but he kind of fell prey to alcoholism, and he was like a total fuckboy man slut. Um, so he frequented saloons and brothels. Um, so his well-to-do family kind of turned their back on him a little. They didn't fully disown him but they were just kind of like can you not be around us and disgrace our family name oh my god everyone's insane the irony like i just can't like, yeah <laughs> the human species is just so hypocritical. we've always been awful yeah so um abe met annie during this time in his life so they were very similar people they both had a privileged background and then troubled 
lives mm-hmm. up to that point. Um, so they began a relationship, traveling together as husband and wife, though they were not married. Um, they really had a tumultuous, like alcohol-fueled and sometimes abusive relationship. Um, and it was mentioned a few times. So it was thought that Abe forced her to sell her body and give him the money. So she was always already working as a sex worker, but he basically asserted himself as her pimp. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> it was also said that Annie, who was always adorned with diamonds and jewels that she got um, either from her wealthy father or as gifts mm-hmm. from her male suitors, um, she wanted Abe to marry her. She begged him and even possibly claimed to be pregnant and go to their, like, send word to her his family that he had gotten her pregnant so she was they weren't they were toxic together you know he was abusive probably her pimp she was trying to force him to marry her and take care of her and whatever so their relationship like i said was definitely toxic and in cincinnati abe was definitely arrested for beating her in public wow so not a great guy Um, And she also accused him of trying to steal and sell her diamonds. But they continued their travels. So that brings us to January 19th, 1877. Abe and Annie, um, who again is nicknamed Bessie, arrive via train to Jefferson, Texas after staying a couple days in nearby Monroe. They registered at the Brooks House, which is a fancy hotel um, with a lot of history under... A. Monroe and wife. They spent the next couple of days enjoying the town, strolling about, um, and just enjoying all of the envious stares. They definitely relished in the attention they were getting from the townspeople, and they were super noticed and gossiped about. Everyone was aware of their presence and kind of aware of their whereabouts, mm-hmm. really. So these two days you know they spent just enjoying the town and via stairs bring us to january 21st 1877 so abe and annie purchase a picnic lunch and cross the big cypress creek footbridge to enjoy their meal um and one of the articles i read i didn't write it down actually had the restaurant name of where they purchased their lunch as if it might still be standing so What's that's kind of cool it might have been furloughs or something furley's Something like that. Mm. Yeah, something with an F. Um, so they've crossed the bridge, and then sometime later, Abe returns alone from a different direction. The townspeople, who, like I said, had taken much mm. interest in their affairs, inquired as to the well-to-do man's wife's whereabouts. Um, he claimed that she left town to visit friends. So... He casually went about his business for the next couple of days, um, going in and out of businesses, not being a recluse, just carrying on as normal. Carrying on as normal. Um, then on January 23rd, he boarded a very early morning train heading east alone with he and Diamond Bessie's luggage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. February 5th, 1877. It had been a really snowy and sleety week. And then a... Um, didn't write down her name because I didn't think I would find it, but a young lady wandered out into the forest over the big Cypress Creek um, footbridge looking for firewood. Stumbles upon the body of a very well-dressed young woman lying under a tree next to what was a picnic. 
So this woman had no jewelry and she suffered one gunshot wound to the head. And the coroner said due to the state of decomposition, she was probably she'd probably only been dead for four or five days. So the nosy townspeople so taken with her beauty, uh, with the beauty and intrigue of Annie Diamond Bessie raised $150 to give her a proper burial in Oakwood Cemetery. And they also kind of demanded that investigators and local police find out what happened to her. So investigators found that the mysterious A. Monroe and wife had visited the old Capitol Hotel in Monroe those two days before arriving in Jefferson. And at that hotel, they registered under A. Rothschild and wife of Cincinnati, Ohio. So they found out right then and there who mm-hmm. A was. <laughs> um, and with an angry town backing them, they traveled to Cincinnati to extradite Abraham Rothschild. But around this time, kind of like meanwhile in Cincinnati, fuckboy Abe got pissed <laughs> drunk, convinced himself someone was following him, and stumbled into the streets determined to kill himself. Oh, Fuck that up, and the gunshot wound only um, served to blind him in his right eye. <gasps> So, oh my god, managed to shoot himself in the head and not kill himself, which Can is like imagine, divine justice. Though, like, no, there's n- like the, the medical care then, was yeah. not. Exi- I mean, it was real shitty. Like yeah. everyone just like sold corpses to like experiment on back then. Uh-huh. So like, you weren't getting treated for shit. No, they probably gave you morphine. Maybe plucked the bullet out if they could find it, and then slapped an eye patch on you. <laughs> Did they have morphine back then? I feel like yes. they would have just given you like some. According to Gone with the Wind, they had and, like, morphine. <laughs> so you know it's true. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. He was arrested while in the hospital recovering from this. Um, his wealthy family put up a huge fight. Ugh. But on March 19th, it was approved and he was extradited back to Jefferson. So the trial, uh, and you, I did editorialize, as you'll see right now, the trial was notorious AF. <laughs> Most of the lawyers in East Texas tried to become either uh, involved either on the side of the state for prestige or on the defense for the money which was to be provided by the Rothschilds. The Rothschilds had at this point effectively disowned their son, but they did pay for his legal counsel. So the governor of Texas personally sent a letter to two attorneys, Campbell and Epperson, appealing for aid with the prosecution, and two Texas assistant attorney generals were also involved. The defense's legal talent included a future governor of Texas, Charles A. Culberson, and his brother, a future United States, or a, it just says, and a United States senator, so... A United States Senator, David B. Culberson, among others who totes were paid very well for their effort. So child rapists, yeah? Uh, probably. <laughs> he was a senator. Um, <laughs> with the lawyers in place, a series of indictments, trials, and appeals set forth, and a legal battle began that took two and a half years to conclude. Whoa. The first trial did not begin until December 1878 for several reasons. Um, both sides filed a writ of habeas corpus, which, what? That existed back then? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, did they have public defenders? Like, right? I'm wondering when, what kind of judicial system exactly. existed. Like, obviously it did, but, like, to what extent? Because, obviously, certain laws and, and you, you know. And, and think about how they're <sighs> rebuilding things after... The Civil War, too. Right. So it's like, this is maybe when it all started coming about because they were, like, just rebuilding everything from yeah. the ground up. So, I have yeah. no idea how it's that correlates, but that's... Super neat. Because you're thinking, oh, wow, they have an attorney general. They have da-da-da-da-da. This all could have happened Governors. in a small town. Yeah. So... 
they um, they filed the writ of habeas corpus. The lawyers were involved in state and national legislators, so that's why I kind of paused. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he was a current U.S. senator, which is like crazy that at that time they were like, you can also practice law. That's okay. Um, yeah, but, and then the it's usually before or after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're usually busy with the senate. Yeah, mm-hmm. not much going on. Or else <laughs> cases will be delayed by two years. Uh-huh. So, um. The defense also moved for a change of venue. What um, the fuck? I mean, yeah. I, that's so cool that all that happened I back know. then. I mean, I get it. It's a small ass town, but like where you're going to go to the other small town? Right. You're going to go to Shreveport? Right. Where, where are you going? I don't. It's. That's so funny. I love it. I really want to study. Old timey. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's probably Old-time really boring. Walk. Like if they intersplice it in with like murders and crimes and stuff, I feel like I could really soak up a lot. I mean, I still would think it's interesting just regardless because it would be just hilarious. Yeah. To hear of like what they let people get away with, what was actually like you could breathe wrong down this one street and get arrested. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Like crazy laws and like it would be funny. (laughs) Um, so, but after three weeks of testimony with the closing arguments alone lasting three days... The wow. jury found Rothschild guilty of murder in the first degree and sentenced him to death by hanging. Oh, my God. Tradition says that during jury deliberation over the verdict, um, jury foreman C.R. Weathersby drew a noose on the wall, signed it, and stated that that was his verdict. But after the Cute. sentencing, the defense appealed to the seventh <laughs> Texas Court of Appeals. So there had been seven by then. Um and judge oh wait I, mean, I guess we're not that far away this isn't that long I know ago, but it's, it's only like still, 150 you think years about the I think huge drastic change of America with the mm-hmm. industrial revolution just like not what 20 30 years be- after this it's yeah. just kind of like whoa, this whoa, just whoa. seems so far away I don't because know because this it's is not. still in horse and buggy time yeah. but at the same time they have steamboats now so it's like but this isn't Chicago this is right. fucking Jefferson right Texas like I don't know yeah it's it's wild. <laughs> so, yeah, the defense appealed to the Seventh Texas Court of Appeals and Judge Jay Clark for the reversal of the case on the grounds that the trial had been unfair. Clark found that the trial had indeed been unfair and that the court so. had been. Who fucking knows? Couldn't find that. <laughs> but that the court had been in error by ignoring a motion by the defense and by, um, I believe, the motion to move the case move the trial to a new they court. didn't they didn't they, they didn't wanted to they wanted to but they went against it so, so that's it came probably back the in the appeals saying hey i didn't get a fair trial this because yeah. i wasn't i was in a 700 person town not a 200 person town exactly got it <laughs> so um they uh did it do yeah okay so clark found that the trial had indeed been unfair and the court had been in error by ignoring a motion by the defense and by accepting a potential juror after that man had stated he had an opinion on the case. So the judge declared a mistrial. Hey, y'all, I have an opinion. I cannot be on this jury. Uh, we're going to let you on the jury anyways. That like, is so funny because this, this is the same shit that happens today. Three day long closing stupid. testimony. That's like OJ. Like that is just so cool. Yeah, This was called this, you know, is referred to as the OJ Simpson trial of its time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's yeah. creepy that I said. Oh, I don't like what's happening. <laughs> okay. So the state also issued another indictment against Rothschild on okay. December 2nd, 1880. And the second trial began December 14th, 
in Jefferson. And then they start a, yeah. So the jury was whittled down from 156 men initially summoned to the requisite 12, two of whom were black, an unusual occurrence in Texas at the time. Um, the defense focused on the testimony of one Isabel Gouldy. And this is one of the women who had prepared um, Annie's body for burial. Um, and she claimed she had seen Annie with a man who was not Abe on Saturday, January 20th and on Thursday, January 25th. And although the prosecution attacked Goldie's credibility, the defense managed to plant a seed of doubt in the juror's mind. Also, Rothschild's lawyers argued that the body was too well-preserved to have been in the woods for 15 days and that the murder must therefore have happened after their client left town. It was also and, cold outside, but okay. Right. The strategy worked, and on December 30th, 1880, the jury found Rothschild not guilty, Whoa. and he was exonerated. So acquitted. They're, uh, yeah, acquitted. Exonerated. <laughs> <laughs> then look it up. So um, <laughs> lots of legend and folklore followed this case, of course, because it was a huge case, huge publicity, um, and it's still a big talking point for citizens of Jefferson today, just kind of like, have you heard of the... The murder of Diamond Bessie? Like, that's... If you can find someone to talk to in that <laughs> fucking town. Um, so in the 1930s, E.B. McDonald, um, who was a retired foundry worker, paid in secret for Annie's grave to receive a headstone. And it took until, like, the 60s for him to admit, like, okay, it was me. I did it. I felt like she deserved to have an actual headstone. God forbid. <laughs> um, and also in the 1960s, the Jesse Allen Wise Garden Club built an iron fence around her grave and Aww. planted flowers, made it look pretty. We have a picture of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and her case is still officially unsolved, and it still attracts many investigators. So since 1955, every spring, the Jefferson Historic Pil Pilgrimage has put on a courtroom drama about this case. Gross. <laughs> um, so it still has a lot of, like, it's a big, this is the history of the town of Jefferson, the murder of Diamond Bessie, Annie Stone. I feel like so, that's kind of mocking it. A little bit. Just since it's been so long now and it's kind of like because like some of the rumors were that thousand dollar bills were lowered into the jurors deliberation room by the Rothschild family um, that people were paid off that there was um, which I think people well that'll move us into question yeah, yeah. theory because I think Abe's Abe totally killed her. Like, he totally shot her in the head because... But what about that lady said that she saw her with some other guy? I think oh, she, was she was paid, paid by the Rothschilds. She's probably fucking him, too. Well, yeah. And it had Sorry. been two years since that first yeah. trial. She came out of nowhere. Yeah. So, yeah, she was paid. Like, of course. Or just... Okay, this is what I wrote down that I thought was hilarious. Was that, you know, it's all men jury, obviously. But yeah. yet, a woman can testify. Right. Which is funny. Um, because... They think that they she has enough credibility to testify, but not make a judgment on something and be that kind of person. <laughs> but then they just put her up there. It's just it's that's when you have to whittle down who is admissible to give testimony yeah. because there's no you can't just do that. Like, no. that's that's taking any Joe Schmo off the street. Basically. Thank God that they've somewhat learned from that. But I just thought that was well, because it's now almost they didn't any years since the murder. And now that bitch's story most likely allegedly got him off. Uh huh. Yeah. Because so, they planted that that reasonable doubt. Mm -hmm. But there was nothing to corroborate it as far as we know. Right. No. Yeah. There was nothing. She was the one who she was like, no, I saw her twice with a man. 
And my okay. pockets are lined with cash because of the Rothschild family now. Yeah, there was no... They didn't totally. even find a scapegoat. No. You know, they could have screwed someone over hard. They didn't even go that far. No. Wow, that's embarrassing. But it also points to him... I mean, thank God they didn't. ...killing but. her because why would two days earlier he register for a hotel under his own last name and then... They travel to the place where he planned to kill Bessie, and so he registers under a different last name, so that way he can't be traced. Like, why yeah, the he's name not change? A smart, no, smart so he guy. totally went there with the and plan tried to, to shoot kill her himself, her. right? Oh, because most of the likely guilt. over it, yeah. Yes. So I think he planned to kill her. Um, the decomp is slowed due to the snow. Duh. Probably the clothing that the women wore back then super heavy, covered them sure. up. That yeah. maybe I mean I'm sure animals were around, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't think if that it there was, was like anything, super snowy and sleety, yeah, it would have preserved her at least yeah. to the point where yeah. So do you have any questions and theories? This was just a fun. Kind yeah, of no, I like it. I just can't believe that bitch was on the trial. I wish there was more evidence of like <laughs> you know. I'm glad there wasn't a, a, a scapegoat conviction. Yeah, you know that's nice. Um, at, least. at least the guy's blind. I wrote down that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 Sorry, I didn't know that was gonna get you so good. <laughs> Um, the, their relationship was clearly volatile before. Yeah, he maybe she maybe she did go off with another guy, and he saw it happen. Really? You know what I mean? And got pissed off. Who knows? Um, I wrote down so the the whole like the girl was on the bridge at the big cypress whatever yeah. thing. So like I was saying, I saw the big cypress bayou sign, the Marion County line sign, and there it was clearly like a bridge because it's swampy water. And I literally, he, Scott gets out to take a picture of Marion County because he was taking pictures for his land business. And I was literally looking in the woods and I was like, that'd be cool if I found a dead body right now. Ah! And that's literally where she was like found. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh my God. Um, yeah. But yep. I also circled this. I wrote that um, a lot of the times back then, like wh- whoever, but mainly women, if they were of a certain age and were running off with a guy, people, I've read so many things of like, well, we got a letter or a whatever saying she was going to go get married and we never heard from her again because mm-hmm. that's, that's how it was. Yeah. Communication was so limited that these women could go off with this rando guy, get killed and never heard from again. And it didn't matter to anybody because they, unbeknownst to everyone else, they think that yeah. she's off getting married, having a family over in France or where the fuck ever, California, mm-hmm. and she's murdered. So right. it's like. No one knows any different what's going on because this town is nothing, a speck. Mm-hmm. And I just can't believe that they did a good job, uh, yeah. but then let it like. Like they did ooh, such how? a good job. But then the defense, much like in the OJ case, the defense was so good at just like keeping it interesting for the jury. And yeah, they kept the jury. it salacious. Yeah. I just think that there's as much of a you know why didn't get a fair trial because we weren't in we were in the town that it happened in but it's like there's too much time like there's Mm -hmm. just an there was no she had nothing in that in that testimony right nothing yeah except money i'm sure (laughs) but that That was just so it's so funny that there's still to me that there's still investigators that come and they're like i'm gonna crack the case it's like it's been cracked he did it he got away with it because he's a rich white dude i just feel like if money was I mean, I'm sure it, money was the, the reason why mm-hmm. this happened. I, I don't doubt that. But I feel like there should have been a little more um, evidence of that, I guess. Like over the yeah. years, someone could have 
spilled the beans to someone of like, yeah, you yeah, know, this like, is really what happened. Well, because if the diamonds were stolen, like what happened? Yeah, to what her happened her to diamonds? her shit? Mm-hmm. Did he like chuck it in his, you know, suicide attempt? Um, maybe, or maybe he got so pissed drunk because he like pawned them off <gasps> and long gone in Cincinnati. Yeah. So what happened to him? He was, was Not acquitted, a and I tried to find stuff about him, but the only stuff that comes up is this case. So wow, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. I wish they would not make a mockery of it. I still think it's kind of sad. I know it's not going to get like solved. Right. Unquote, but it, but no, like, it is still sad. She's sad. like a 21 yeah. year old, joke beautiful it. young girl that just gets involved with this shithead dude. And yeah, he shoots her in the head and takes her diamonds. Like it would be like people they didn't even get to finish like, the picnic. I don't know. Making a mockery of all the women that we've covered that have been murdered by yes. their significant other in the last 10 years. Yeah. That's know. why ow, it's like part of the folklore of this town. Like the murder of Diamond Bessie. No, her name was Annie Stone. Right. Her name was Annie. And she was 23, she was a 24 years old and was in a course of control relationship. Yes. <laughs> yes, she was. Continuous theme. Yeah. And yeah. was under the influence and got taken advantage of and murdered. But yep. it's fine. She was a person. So like. Like, Not to make it super see, serious, but it is serious. 21 and 18. She would have lived, most likely, she would have probably lived to see, like, 40? the first airplane. The oh. first, yeah, like, I think in the, 19, the early 1900s, like, she would have lived to see some pretty cool shit. It's nice to do one that's yeah. so long ago, so it's so, we're so disconnected from it, and yet we still find some way to make ourselves depressed about it. <laughs> yeah, because it was funny on the, the judicial end, but not funny of what happened. So. Absolutely not. Fuck you, Abe. Fuck you. All right. Your name is not Diamond Bessie. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, that's, uh. Yeah. That's all, folks. <laughs> uh, cool. I don't know when. Like we, we never know when we're gonna be back. So, not a clue. Uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed Diamond Bessie or Annie Stone and um, Craig, Craig, Craig. crazy Craig. <laughs> well, hopefully, we'll find out more. Because with Zuzu, it was a couple years later when yeah. they all got sentenced. So maybe he'll be coming up next. Yeah, that know. would be great. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, we'll be back at some point with more Texas True Crime. And, and if, if anyone's, anyone's listening, listening, happy Halloween. Halloween.